Well, welcome to Metanoia Community Church, Olivehurst. It is amazing to be here with you guys today. Um, every day is a good day with God's people, and uh, God's got some great things for us today. So, um, anyways, um, some of you who don't haven't been here before, um, there is, if you're new here today, there's a gift in the back for you. Um, if any of you have never gotten one of the Metanoia mugs and you have been attending, grab one that's in a blue bag in the back. Um, in your bulletin, I got a couple of announcements. We d- I, I'm switching some things up. So usually we say welcome and go through the announcements and everything, but some of the announcements that are in your bulletin um, pertain to the community of this church, and so I kind of wanted to talk about them. Um, also, uh, if you've seen these, I put a pile of them out over there. Um, We made these for the Christmas stroll. Well, that was a flop because God didn't want us to gather because he's in control of the weather. And so the Christmas stroll in Yuba City didn't happen. And so um, please take some of these, put them in your car, and uh, God will use you to hand this to somebody and invite them to church. Um, God wants all of us to be inviting people to witness the reality that Jesus loves them and uh, this isn't about putting butts in the seats at all. This is about us as believers making an impact in the community around us. And so on the backside, if you haven't seen one of these on the backside, it just g- goes over some of the ministries that happen here during the week. And then, um, yeah, so there's a stack of them. Please take like five or six of them. I found that uh, I went out to the skate park. I found the skate park over at the edge of Olivehurst this last week. And um, I didn't have any of these in my car. And so I went and got some. And I got, there was a guy at the skate park and I got really nervous because it's like, okay, Lord, I'm here to talk to people and I'm stuck in my car. And I just got out and I introduced myself and come to find out, you know, he was actually looking for a church and I gave him one of these and super simple. So um, yeah, so please grab some of those. Uh, In the back of the chair, if you haven't been here before or you have a prayer request or anything, there's a connection card. I know they're printed kind of funky, uh, we've had them since the church planted, and so I just haven't replaced them yet. And uh, so if you want to put a prayer request on there, um, you can drop it in the offering box and back, and uh, our team will be praying for you. If you need prayer during the service or after service, more than welcome to come up after service, and um, we'll be happy to pray for you. God's Word calls us to be praying for each other. There's power in prayer. Um, and speaking of prayer, so look in your bulletin, what's coming up? So um, this is really amazing. Um, 1311 daily prayer. So everybody grab your phone. This is a time when I'm going to ask you guys to all take your phone out, please. Um, yes, church is a participation organization. <clears throat> um, without prayer, nothing happens in ministry. You go through and read through the New Testament, and it's amazing how you know the believers would pray, and the prison doors would be opened. And those that were preaching the gospel that were locked up for their faith, were released. God did miraculous things as the church prayed. And so we see examples of the believers praying for God to move on behalf of God's will in the communities that they lived in. And so if you look at your bulletin today, and there should be a slide up here, please, Roy, if you want to put the slide up there that I put up there um, so that they can read it as well, so the people at home can read it. It's in the announcements. It's called 1311 Prayer. Go down to it. You can just click on it, and it will show up. If not, then it's blank. Gene, if you want to help him. 
<clears throat> so uh, if you see here in your bulletin, it says set your smartphone to 111 each day on your calendar. So on your phone, go in your calendar and put a reminder to pray at 111 every day. And here's what you need to pray for. You're like, you're telling me what I need to do? What kind of person are you? Well, I'm the leader of this ministry and telling you God wants us to pray. So we need to pray over the salvation of all of Hearst, okay? We're gonna pray for the youth. We're gonna pray for the children and their families. Um, we're gonna pray for the Good News Club. Our church is launching an after-school Good News Club. It's gonna be here um, twice a week, at, once a week after school. Um, we'll have more information about that. It starts March 3rd, 2nd, March 2nd. Um, there's a team of people that are going to be here. Uh, Marysville Joint Unified School District is stonewalling anything having to do with the Bible being preached within the elementary schools, and so we're going to launch it here. So the elementary school doesn't matter. God is what matters. <clears throat> so that's something that we need to be prayed for. Pray for second Saturday movie nights. During the summer, we do second Saturday movie nights at Oliver's Park. The gospel is shared at those movie nights. People need to come to know the Lord. It's a fun time to connect with the community. Last year, we shared the gospel at our last one we did, and three, three kids raised their hand to come to know Jesus, and that's between the Holy Spirit and them. They, God knows what's up in their heart. We're just called to share the truth of Jesus. And then, um, last but not least, the Let's Go Youth Rally. We have every single musician and uh, person in place. We have a lot of uh, community organizations that are signed up to be a part of this. Um, we're still waiting for the board of OPUD to be able to say yes, but from my meeting with the Parks and Rec, they were okay with it. They just had to go through the process of having the board sign off on it. Um, this is a big to-do for this community. This community needs to know that Jesus loves them in a big way, and it can't always happen in the confines of the church, and this is going to take prayer. We need to pray for God to open the doors for finances, for uh, God's will in regards to uh, safety for people to come to know Jesus. It's gonna be multifaceted. We have a skate ministry that's coming that's gonna be doing skate demos and preaching the gospel and sharing testimonies. While, uh, while the stage is gonna have music as well, we have uh, Shane Grammer, who's a world-traveled uh, graffiti and artist who actually has worked for Disney. He's a friend of ours. We're having a graffiti contest, so Christian graffiti artists are going to be there. So this is going to be a place where the gospel is going to be preached in multifaceted areas all at once. And so you need to be praying that the Holy Spirit would move through this event. If the Holy Spirit doesn't move through the, the, the event, then it's a waste of money. We might as well go buy an arena and just have concerts that are secular and monster truck you know, shows, honestly. And so there's a huge push in my heart for this, especially after what happened in the community with Frankie's family. 10-year-old boy was shot by a drive-by this last Sunday night. While the Grammys were going on, I thought that was interesting. But uh, I was asked to come and share with other pastors and family members at his vigil on, 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 on Thursday night this last week. And 500 people showed up, and it's just shows in my heart that this community is hungry for real community, and Jesus needs to make a difference in this community. And God asks the church to make that difference, okay? It's not going to come from me. It's going to come from all of us together, and it's going to come from all churches coming together. See, we're one body. Denominations are man's creation, but the body of Christ is one. We may disagree with how some of the gifts are being used. We may disagree with how the seating is or different things, 
But if Jesus is Lord and he is the reason why we get to go to heaven and he shed his blood on the cross for our sins and we're all sinners that are saved by grace and praise the Lord, let's get together and pray as a community and watch God move. And if you're not willing, then get out. Sorry to say it, but it's time for the church to stand up and be real about the salvation of others. It's life and death. And this community is hungry for it. And the reason why Frankie passed away was because of sin and unsaved people living a life of just whatever they want to do. And that's the reality. That's the rubber meets the road. When a community is hurting, it's because God is not the center of it. You look at through all revivals throughout history, when things got really bad and the people filled the churches, crime went down, the bars were empty. It, life changes in a community because of Jesus not because California gives money to the schools to do all these different systems or outreach or, or all of these different, it's Jesus. And God has called the church to pray for the Holy Spirit to move in the community. I don't know about you guys, but the Holy Spirit moved in my life when I was against God because God's will is for us to be transformed. And I guarantee you, people were praying for me, probably some of you in this room, and you were praying for others in your life. And prayer is powerful. And this community won't get changed unless the church gathers to pray. So, sermon's over. Just kidding. So that's, please, in your phone, 111, pray for these specific things, okay? It's so important. And then third, third Saturday of the month, beyond Sunday outreach, we're going to have a pop-up over here at Dollar General, okay? We're going to have donuts and coffee. And we may end up doing a pop-up uh, over at the skate park, over by Art and Vanessa's house as well. Um, if the church isn't in the community to be available, how does the church, how does the community know we're here? You know, it doesn't, you know? And so we need to go where people are. We need to go where people are hurting. We need to go where youth are. We need to go where kids are. Every kid I talk to in this community, I wish there was a skate park in this side of town. If I had a million dollars, I'd pave this parking lot and put a skate park here without even owning the building because we don't own it. We're just renting. Everyone's afraid of liability. Don't get harmed. We're going to get sued all in the name of protection, but when then we never reach out because we just want to live comfortably. It's horrible. So be praying for that. So, and please join us third Saturday. This is for you guys to join in. If you want to be a part of the, of the outreach, um, I'll put a sign-up list out. If you want to get with me after uh, church today, I'll put a list together and we'll coordinate and it'll be great. It'll be fun. It's never a dull moment. Trust me. It's great. And so, and then all church potluck, um, that is on the third Sunday, and the theme this next time is sandwich platters. I don't know what that means, but I think what it means is you bring whatever sandwich fixings you like on a platter, and we're going to make a bunch of sandwiches. <laughs> and, then, and then please, if you, haven't, uh, if you haven't done this yet, there's a QR code here, Metanoia Connect. Um, it's a place where we can connect together digitally. We pray for each other. We share things with each other in there. And then, um, yeah, that's it. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we'll get into our study. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it never turns back void. And I pray, God, that you would write upon the fleshly tablets of our hearts the truth of your word, Lord, the truth that you have for us today. Thank you for each and every person here, God. Thank you for the love that you have for them. Thank you for the calling on their life, God. You are magnificent. Lord, I just recognize you in this room. Holy Spirit, just 
have your way with us today. Just praise you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so, um, and if you wonder why we came up with 1311, there was a notation there of Romans 1311. I'm going to read that uh, to you in regards to the calendar reminder that we need in our phone to pray at 1.11 p.m., and that's military time is 1311 is 1.11 p.m. So Romans chapter 13, 11 says this, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Jesus is coming soon and it's time for us to be active as a church in the communities that we live in. So uh, the title of this message is The Community of the Church Part 2. Last week we looked at um, how God created community in the very beginning and that Adam and God had community and that Adam and Eve had community and marriage, and there was no shame in that. Then we, see, uh, we saw in the New Testament that Jesus Christ, who is God in human form, came and dwelt among humans. He had community with the disciples. Um, so Jesus Christ was God living in community with humans. Uh, we saw that Jesus unified the disciples. We saw that Jesus unifies us Christians today. Um, And I I had posed these questions at the beginning of last week's message. What is the community of the church? What creates this community? How important is it? How does the community of the church differ from the communities of the world? How are you important to this community? How are you important to the community of the church? How are you important? What way are you to take part in the community of the church? What does God want you to be doing within the church? So today, we're going to learn today from Paul's letter to the church of Corinth, that you are important to the community of the church. You're important to the body of Christ. That you all hold a very important and special part in the body of Christ. All of you do. All of you hold an important place. Even if in your mind you don't feel important, even if in your mind you might feel insecure, even if in your mind you might feel like you're not that person, you know, that that is important, those are all things that you and I wear because of how, what we've experienced in life, but that's not what God says about us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 31, we read, starting in verse 12, for as the body is one and has many, and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. It's important to understand that Paul writes this long letter to the church of Corinth because they were in disarray. They, there was all sorts of stuff happening in that church. And just like in the main body of Christ today, there's all sorts of things happening that we see in the news and YouTube and different people we listen to. And there's all sorts of stuff going on. And that's why I really believe the Holy Spirit laid upon my heart that it's time for Metanoia Community Church, all of us, to live as a community that is hungry and thirsty for Jesus and on fire for the Lord and filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so... Paul writes this letter to the Corinthians, reminding them of who they are. And if God had to have Paul write this pertaining to them being uh, one body and one member, they were obviously, they were separated. There was disunity within them. Just like all of you though, in verse 12, just like all of you who have human body parts, right? You got arms and legs and ears, hopefully, right? Eyes, 
You know, all these different parts of your body that you humanly have. Sorry, Angelina's microphone. They make up your personal body, okay? So just like that, the body of Christ is. We are all the body of Christ. We all are members of the body of Christ. We all have specific purposes and places to serve Jesus, not the agenda that I have. I have an agenda, okay? I have an agenda to make Jesus great in Olivehurst, in Olivehurst to be on the news because of Jesus, not because of people killing kids. That's my agenda. But how does that look for God to make that happen? I have no idea, man. That's where I just cling to the Lord, and we all need to be clinging to the Lord to see what God wants to do. So we're all one. We're all in this body. And, 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 and this body, just like Christ, it says, so also is Christ. And so verse 13, we see, for by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. It's important to understand in verse 13, this is not talking about water baptism, but in fact, that it is through the Holy Spirit that we are all one in Jesus Christ. We are made to be part of the body of Christ by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The day that you and I make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life is the day that the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. There is something that happens when you finally recognize that you're a sinner and you're not getting into heaven and you need God to change your life and you need to invite Jesus into your heart, make him the Lord of your life. By the power of God, the Holy Spirit is implanted into you, okay? You can't lose it. It's something God puts in every Christian. If you've never made a decision for Jesus, the Holy Spirit is not in you. It doesn't matter how many churches you go to. It doesn't matter how many Bibles you have. It doesn't matter how many things you help in. If Jesus is not the Lord of your life and you have not confessed him with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you're not saved, God's word says that that's what we need to do to be saved. And when that happens, we are baptized into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit fills the believer. So Paul's reminding the church of Corinth, this is who you are. And it's amazing here too, where he writes, he says, whether Jews or Greeks. So obviously there was a separation of, between Jews and Greeks, right? There was a separation between these two people groups. And so your heritage does not matter. Your social status is irrelevant, doesn't matter. There's no one greater or lesser than in the body of Christ. In the, we're all equal. Now, as human beings, we judge people, right? We look at people and we're like, oh, hey, you know, that person has a $100,000 car, man. Or that person doesn't have good shoes or whatever it might be. That person's on the street, you know? That person's this and that. We all need Jesus. And Paul's saying, look, this is the reality here is that it's by the Spirit baptizing people into the body of Christ, not who you are physically. That's amazing. It says whether slaves are free, and that it doesn't matter whether you are enslaved to a master or if you were someone who was free. There was no, there's no difference in the body of Christ. And it's important that we understand that so that we are one in community. The latter part of verse 13, where it says, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So to be a Christian, you need to receive from the Lord. That's what it's saying. We are made to drink from the spirit of God to receive Jesus. 
There is an action that needs to occur in your life and in my life for this to happen. If you were thirsty, listen, you guys, if you were thirsty and I set a tall glass of cold water next to you and you never took a drink, would your thirst be satisfied? Yes or no? No. We all know that. Of course not. And this is true pertaining to salvation. God is placing the true quencher of the thirst of your soul right in front of you today, and it's Jesus Christ. It's nothing else. And it's up to you whether to receive him or not. He doesn't have this big agenda that you got to go through, catechism or, 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 or Bible college or know the Bible or all of these things. He just wants you to come to him. God's word says to come to him, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's the world out there and the people we associate with that tell us that we have to actually do something within our physical self to be saved. And God just says, come to me. I gave you the answer. I gave you my son. Let us not be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders that missed the opportunity when their Messiah came. If you don't know Jesus today, then you need to make him the Lord of your life today. You are not guaranteed tomorrow. You need to know that Jesus loves you and that he has a plan for your life. And it starts today if you don't know him. My life, until I gave my life to the Lord and started serving him, my life was just one high thing down. It was like this. And you know, I'm still kind of like this, but I'm holding on to Jesus and crying out to him and he, and he gives me strength and he renews me. And when I sit and read the word, it washes over my mind and I'm reminded that he loves me and that I'm okay. Without Jesus, you don't have that. And you might say, hey, Brian, you're being harsh, but it is harsh. Like, like if I saw that you're, you had a, 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 a mortal wound, in other words, a wound on your body that you could not live without it being healed, and I just said, ah, you know, you're fine, go on. That means I hated you. But if I stand before you and I tell you the truth that your life is in desperate need of a savior and it's Jesus and you need to come to him and make him the Lord of your life so that the Holy Spirit can baptize you, can come into your life so that you can take part in the body of Christ. The church is the most amazing entity in the whole world. The creator of the trees that you see and the stars at night and the literal air that you breathe right now said that not even the gates of hell will come against the church and prevail over it. And the church isn't this building. The church is not the priest. The church is you guys, the body of Christ. So Paul's reminding the Corinthians, about what this is. We see in John chapter 7, verse 37 through 38, Jesus said this, and the writer of John said, on the last day, that the great day, the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus wants to replace the death that is in your life because of your decisions with the true living water of God. And until we let him do that, we're walking blind and we're the walking dead. We, we don't have life. 
Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. Everything else in this world, the people that we trusted that broke our hearts, the people that that we try and cling to and learn from, all of those things, none of that matters. What matters when it comes down to our lives is, is Jesus the Lord of your life? He is good. He is faithful. He's a humble servant, like we read the other day about him humbling himself and washing the feet of the disciples at the Last Supper. And he loves you, and yet he's God. It's amazing. Jesus is your answer today. Become part of the most amazing family. Sometimes people hear that word family and they cringe because some of us don't have good family. Some of us just, it just it's just a lot we've been given. But let's not allow how human family has maybe wronged us, and let us not allow that to taint the real love that God has for us, because He loves us with a pure love. He loves us with greatness and a love that, that never goes away. John 3:16, "For God so loved the whole world that He gave His one and only Son." He gave Jesus to you. God gave Jesus to you. If you were the last person on earth, no one else existed, and Jesus hadn't died yet, Jesus would have died for you. Do you know that when Jesus died on the cross, he thought of you specifically? You're like, how does that work? Well, he's God. He he knows everything all at once. He's not linear. He's not trapped by our time. He's not trapped by the brain cells that we have, the limited ones that I have. He thought of you. God's word says that his thoughts about you are greater than the sands upon all the seashores. I don't even think of my wife like that. And she's my best friend. We've been married 17 years this year. Gene and I tell each people, you know, I love Jesus more than my husband or I love Jesus more than my wife. And they're like, what? I'm like, dude, seriously. Jesus shed his blood for you. You're like, well, what does that mean? Well, it means that he actually took care of the sacrifice that was needed to purify your life. That's why when Jesus said on the last day, he cried out, if anyone thirsts, if you have a thirst in your soul for completeness, if something inside of you feels incomplete, it's because you're thirsting for Jesus. You say, well, how do you know that, Brian? Well, because God created all mankind to have a relationship with him. Every single one. It's a God-shaped hole inside of your soul, and only Jesus can fill it. We will fill it with everything else in this world and all of its fleeting, boats and cars and money and jobs and relationships and alcohol and drugs and sex and all these things that we try and fill our life with. It's all fleeting. All of it leaves an empty hole in your life. Only Jesus satisfies us. You say, well, I don't believe that, Brian. Well, then go out in the world and live however you want. And by God's grace, Lord willing, you will come back and say, I need Jesus. I've done it. Some of you have. He's your only hope. So you Christians, you are so important to God and important to his ministry and vital to the impact that the Lord wants to make in this community. Paul continues in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. 
You are part of the body of Christ if Jesus is in your life. Is it hot in here? Okay. Excuse me. I mean, I know the preaching's hot. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, a, it's a serious thing. Like, this is serious. Like, the church is a serious thing. And um, you guys, God, God is very serious about your lives. He's very serious about you guys. Um, he's very serious about the success of your life. He's very serious about um, you knowing that you're important to him, okay? And um, I believe God's laying a foundation in this ministry so that you guys know that you have a part here that God has called you to take a role in this ministry here in Oliverhurst. Um, whatever that looks like, I don't know what all that looks like. I'm just, I just know that I'm here to remind you guys of the reality that without Jesus, we can't be a part of the body of Christ. So that's the first step. And then the second step is that we need to understand our importance in the body and that each of us are a member of the body of Christ. So we're going to talk about that now. The church body has many members or parts, if you will. All of you are a part of the body of Christ. We see in 1 Corinthians 12, 15 through 19. And I love how God allowed Paul to write this. God's word is just so like common. There's these common pictures that are given to us that we can understand. And uh, we take it at face value. Like if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Think of, a, think of your foot. If your foot said that, I want to be a hand because I'm not a hand, I'm a foot. Well, foot's not the most amazing thing, right? Some people think feet are ugly. They hate them. Their toenails are gnarly. At least my kids' toenails are. Hands, you know, they're like, I got a manicure today and a petty, and they're so soft. I love, look at them! $150, $150 later, then a nail falls off. Ah! <laughs> but seriously, though, if a foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not part of the body just because it thinks that? No. And if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? No. If the whole body were an eye, could you imagine that, a big eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were just hearing, where would be the smelling? You think it's kind of comical what's happening here, but Paul's painting a picture. Paul's painting a picture of how ridiculous it is really in the body of Christ when we start envying of what other people are doing or if we think it should be this way or that way, we're missing what God really has called us to be in the body of Christ. God has a calling on all of your life in this ministry, in the body of Christ as a whole, in the church as a whole. God has a calling in your life. It might be in another church. I know some of you visit and you go to other churches. You're important in the church that you attend there. God has called you to minister in the body. That's why this whole youth rally we're doing is about the body of Christ coming together. It cannot be about metanoia doing it. It will fail if it is, 100%. Verse 18, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body just as he pleased. Who put, it, who put the members there? The member, the, the part, the person, who put them there? God. 
Like if you have a beef with like the church you attend and you feel like you're not getting used the way you think you need to be used, then your issue is with God. You need to start seeking God's face and say, God, what is in my life? What's in the way? What needs to change? Where do you want me to plug in? How do you want me to be? God's just waiting for us to have a moldable heart. That's all he's waiting for. It's not these learned talents. Yes, college is great. Those things are great. Learning things hands-on are great. They add to what God is already building inside of you today. I love God's example. He took crazy fishermen and, and, and made them the leaders of the, of, the, of the church. How many of you think fishermen are college-educated? No. You look at when Jesus' announcement was. They went to the shepherds. Shepherds were liars, thieves, and untrusted within the community. That's who God said, hey, we're going to use you to go tell that the Savior of the world came. I love how God sets the, the standard so low that I'm okay to get in. It's us in our minds that think the standard is so high that I can't do anything. And I've lived under that for many, many, many years. I would always look at other preachers and other pastors and other worship leaders and other people and I would idolize them and make them immortal and that I could never attain anything that God wanted me to attain. And I still deal with those thoughts today. I don't know about you. But our insecurities can just ruin our lives and cause us to focus on so many different things. So Paul, the Lord allows Paul to write this simple thing about us thinking that we're, we need to be something else that we're not. This ministry isn't going to be Calvary Chapel, Yuba City. It's not going to be a Bayside. It's not going to be anything else except what God wants Metanoia to be for the community of Olivehurst. That's what this place needs to be. It's unique. It's, it's one of the members of the body of Christ, and you are part of that as well. It's amazing. It's amazing what God wants to do with his people if we're just willing to confess our sins to him, get right with him. That's the word metanoia. I remember one guy when I was doing, before we planted the church, I met with a church planting organization. By the way, we've never associated with any church planting organizations. We don't have any money that came in from any organizations. I don't get paid. No one gets paid here. This was all started by God's grace and the miracle that God allows us to be here. And I remember meeting, and it's so hard when you're starting something like that. You need money. Money costs, things cost money. Rent, equipment, it all just is here. I don't know how it's here except God wants it here and God wants to do miracles in your life and show his provision in your life. And so when I was meeting with this guy, he's like, oh, you're gonna call the church metanoia, huh? You want people, the first thing they think of is repentive church. And you know what I'm thinking lately? Yeah, that's really what needs to happen. That's what needs to happen in Olivehurst and Linda and Marysville and Yuba City and Sacramento, the whole world. And you're like, well, what's that word repent is so heavy duty. No, that means to have a changed mind as it pertains to a spiritual conversion. In other words, we're going this way in our destructive sinful nature and God goes like this, hey, you got to look over here. Okay. And he starts working on your heart and you start going in the direction that God wants you to go in. That's what metanoia means. That's why John the Baptist would yell out at people, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Change how you're living because God is coming quickly. There's people in your life that need to hear about Jesus. And if your life's not right and walking with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be effective in their life. 
You know, we think of missionaries going off into other countries and them preparing. And, and, you know, my dad tells his story about going to India and how they'd have to take time to pray because India has such strong demonic strongholds because they worship thousands of gods. And if you go there with sin in your life, Satan can take that sin and the demons know what you're dealing with and they're going to use it against you and you become ineffective in ministry. But I would like to stand here today and say that we need to get right with God in that way for America because America is just as bad as every other place in the world. Why do we sensationalize people going into missions, but yet we don't actually give what's needed here for the body of Christ to actually be effective as a mission, meeting the mission of Christ's being shared with the community around us? Why do we have that separation? Why? Well, it's because through the years, we actually, the church was pushed to go out into different places. Missions are great. I'm not talking about that. I have friends who are missionaries all over the world, and they need support. But the American church, we need to be missionary-minded. Am I hearing a sub-flickering now noise? Yeah. I don't know where it's from, Is anything else on, Roy? Yeah, you can turn the ambient off when I'm preaching. All right, cool. <clears throat> so we have a place in the body of Christ so we can be used as missionaries where we're at. Your life needs to be on mission. We need to be heaven-minded. It's amazing what God wants to do with your life. I'm telling you, man, I'm nobody. I'm a filthy, dirty, rotten sinner that's been saved by grace. And God said, hey, stand in front of people and read the word. What has God called you to do? If you don't know Jesus, he's calling you today to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you do know Jesus, he's calling you to be submitted to him and say, Lord, here I am. How do you want to use me? And then take a step of faith. I mean, we take steps of faith every time we get in our car. But yet, are we going to take steps of faith and live radically for the most amazing entity that has ever been created upon the earth, which is the church? I'm really fired up because of what's happened at Olivehurst. I think, God, because I'm just one person. And sometimes I pray and I ask God to move in this community and I think, God, I'm just one person. And do, do you hear me? Am I the only person that has a broken heart for this place? I, mean, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a peace officer. and I mean, peace officers know the details of everything that goes on in this place. Without the church, this place is hopeless, and you're the church. I don't mean to be emotional, but in the last 11 months, two 10-year-old children were gunned down in this community, and that's real. And we're going to live our lives and just go do our day, and one day we'll stop thinking about them, but God never will. And I was talking to a friend of mine, Kuhim. He's a Christian rap artist from Vallejo. He's going to be at the youth rally. He's performing. And these are all people that have been saved out of gangs and stuff. And he's like, maybe sometimes when something like this happens, it sparks a revival, but you never know. So this is why Gina put on our bulletin for the 1311 prayer. 
because uh, without prayer, these things aren't going to happen. And um, God's broken my heart for this place and for all of you. You guys are in this community. I love you guys a lot. And um, you guys are all a testimony of God being active and alive and working. And um, you're all so important. And I've seen people come and go in this church. Sometimes it's been just my parents here, and other times on Easter we've had 50 people in the backyard. And numbers are irrelevant. Are we willing to be a people that are moved by Lord? Are we willing to move things out of our life that are hindering God working in our life? And I'm not speaking at you, I'm speaking with you. Like this is a reality for me too. We can quench the Holy Spirit. He's a real person. And uh, man, God just wants to use you guys. He really does. That's why I'm standing here like this. I'm like pleading with you guys. I'm tired of church, the function of it, the way it's been made around us. I'm tired of people saying they're Christians and all they do is go and join church and they can't wait to see the Super Bowl. They're more bent on the things of entertainment than actually waiting for the Holy Spirit to move in them mightily and be moved in them in a powerful way. And that's the way the church is today. And so my cry is, Lord, will you use us? Will you use me? And what does that look like? I mean, the God of the Bible who spoke to Moses through a burning bush and, and the God of the Bible who, who Jesus himself was in a burning, fiery furnace that killed the men that threw these three dudes in, walked with them, and not even the smell of smoke was on them. That's the God that we serve. How small have we made him in our lives as the body? Have we minimized him? Where's the power of the Holy Spirit using the body of Christ and the community in a radical way? Where is it? Or am I just so jaded that I can't see it? And I'm not trying to be heavy-handed. I just really think God's calling his church to be different. If the Grammys can be so in your face, so in your face, about sexual, satanic worship. That's the end thing. What God calls sinful, are we okay with? I've had to live through some real reality checks in my life before. Yeah, we're human. Yeah, we fail. Yeah, we have desires in our lives that aren't godly. Yeah, but we need to always lay them at the Lord's feet. Like I was out here yesterday praying, you know, when I study, I go for walks around this amazing little corner that God has given us. I have no idea how long we'll be there. This place is for sale. We pay just utilities. I have no idea how that happened, except God wanted us to leave Lake Almanor and gave my wife a toothache, and we called the guy. And we've been here three years. And I'm walking in the backyard. I'm like, God, will you just make sure that the things that I struggle with in my mind, will you just, just get rid of them?
We want revival, but are we willing actually to allow God to revive us so that we can be part of that revival? We're going to close here. And um, I don't need to finish the message. God spoke what he wanted to speak today. And uh, we're going to take this moment. I encourage you, man. If there's things the Holy Spirit has brought up in your heart today, these last songs, and God's asking you to just confess them to him and... And if you need prayer after service, I'll be up front. Roy, he's one of the elders. Gina can pray for any of the ladies. And if you don't know Jesus today and you'd like to make him the Lord of your life, raise your hand if you don't know him. I'll tell you, it's simple. Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and that nobody comes to the Father except through him. And as human beings, we're sinful, and that word sin means that we've missed the mark. God's word says that all have fallen short of his glory. In other words, none of us are perfect. And like I had mentioned in this message, that Jesus says, come to you, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And in John 3, 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Until you allow Jesus to come into your heart and confess him as Lord and Savior of your life, God's word tells us that we stand condemned. We stand in opposition with God. And if that's you today, then your heart is beating fast and you're like, your mind is thinking about things and the Holy Spirit's ministering to you and saying, hey, listen to this chubby guy up there. He's telling you, hey, I, I want you to, to really know me. I want, I, want you, I want to be a part of your life. If that's you today, raise your hand. If you've never made a decision to invite Jesus Christ into your heart and make him the Lord of your life, it's okay. There's no condemnation. That's what this place is for. Before service, if that's you and you don't want to raise your hand right now, come and talk with Gina or I or Roy after service, and we'd love to pray with you. And if there's anything else you guys need prayer for today, we'd love to pray for you after service as well. Gina, if you don't mind coming up with the worship team, I'll close in prayer. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it never turns back void. And God, I just ask that you would just uh, continue to move in our lives as you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen.